Welcome to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast, where we explore the conscious use of technology. Listen in to hear thought leaders and other guests discuss the human relationship with technology and learning to thrive in the digital era. Hosted by the author of the international best-selling digital self-mastery series and being at work, Dr. Heidi Forbes Usta. Welcome back to Evolving Digital Self. I am so excited to introduce to you a dear friend, Angel B. Hartwell is doing the most amazing things as the Wealthy Life Mentor. And that name just doesn't even speak to all the amazing things and creativity that blossoms from this woman. And she has really harnessed her ability to use technology to share those gifts with other people. And I'm excited to introduce you to her today to tell her story. Welcome, Angel. Thank you so much for having me, Heidi. I'm so delighted to be here and honored. I really just appreciate all that you're doing to evolve my digital self and being a role model in this area too. So thank you. Absolutely. And before we get going too far, I want to congratulate you on your recent podcast award. So exciting. Your show, Wickedly Smart Women, which I was honored to be a guest on, the first guest has won the podcast award for which category is it? Business uh, Management Tools. And it was the in the 15th annual podcast awards. So we won. I was like, yay, that's awesome. I was not, I mean, I kind of was like excited about it, but I wasn't sure that I was going to win. So I was very excited that when we did win, and especially because it was people's choice, because to me, that just, that's really the, the kind of awards that count. So I never could have done that without your support, Heidi, because you were my first guest. And somehow there's magic between the two of us, because as a result of you being my first guest, we literally hit number 75 in four days right after launching. So awesome. So thank you for adding your magic to my magic. For sure. It was my pleasure. And I always love the interactions that we have. So it was a fun interview as well. I really enjoyed being on your show. So Tell me a little bit. So you recently, we'll start with, got a couple different things that we talked about in the green room, but you've changed your name several times. So that, and in the digital world, there can be all kinds of interesting challenges in making that happen. And that's part of sort of your branding for expressing your creativity. Can you talk a little bit about sort of the why on that? And then also how you actually made it happen, because it's it's not just sort of, okay, I'm going to change my name today. Yeah, great question. So, and yes, it's a huge impact on the digital identity, for sure. So let me start by saying, I didn't go out looking to change my name. And this was actually the third time I changed my name. Uh, the first time was via a spiritual intercession and awakening. And as a result of that uh, spiritual intercession and awakening, it was very clear then, this was back in 2004, that I needed to change my name. And so I went through the process. And it's kind of an interesting process. Depends on what state you live in. Thankfully, New Hampshire is pretty easy. But the first time I changed my name, I wasn't really online that much. I was just, uh, I had just kind of put my toe in the water a little bit and uh, had learned about platforms, didn't know, didn't really understand what I was learning about platforms. And so ended up building a platform that was a physical sticks and bricks art gallery and healing arts center because I was confused by the word platform. 
So fast forward into 2016. So from 2004 to 2016, I was known on the internet and in real life, I, my license, my checking account, my credit cards, my you know tax returns, everything as Amethyst Wildfire. And in 2016, there was a huge rite of passage that I had with my son. And as a result of that rite of passage, I received a new name. Again, it was a spiritual intervention. I received a new name and it was very clear. And having done it once, when you have experienced that clarity and it comes again, you're like, okay, I guess I have a new name again. And so I went through the process again and it was actually swifter to go through the court system the second time. And I also had all the templates of all of the emails to my credit card companies. And like, I knew what I was doing at that point. It was fairly easy from a 3D world perspective, but digitally, what happened was I had built a brand, you know, and a business and a reputation in the marketplace around the name Amethyst Wildfire. So it literally required, you know, two things. One, to rebuild my identity, and two, to learn how to leverage my old identity, you know, I still had the connections with partners and, and colleagues and other relationships and to, to allow myself to give myself the same credit, you know, like, okay, well, I have done all of these things. It was just under a different name. And that, you know, I know can be confusing for some people, but at the same time, the confusion, what I've learned is that the confusion actually sifts out those people that are not the right fit for the me that I am now. So for four years, I carried the name Emerald Green Forest and out of that transformation ended up in the podcast world. And because my business at the time that that change happened, literally over the course of a year, it completely collapsed because the business had been built around Amethyst Wildfire. So everything collapsed. I went from a you know multi-six-figure business to a below-six-figure business within a year. And so that required me to do a lot of you know simplification, readjustment, but also leaning into all the skills that I already had, right? Just because I changed my name didn't mean that I lost the learnings or the knowledge or the wisdom or the skills or the connections with the people that I'm meant to be connected with. And then this year, right after Corona, I got involved in a, in a group and I spoke to the trauma experience that I had had in 2016, that rite of passage with my son in the group. And somebody said, you need to see a therapist. <laughs> I was like, oh, you have no idea because I'm doing spiritual work all the time, but okay. And, and then I heard some from someone else, you, you know, set for the word therapist came again. So I said, okay, I'll go see the therapist. And I went to see a, a therapist who I had a history with. And during the, the therapy session, she said, you know, during that trauma, which we're going to work on, you also changed your name. Have you had numerology done on it? Mm. So I said, no, I haven't. And I ended up finding this organization called the Cavalarians. So this time, the name change was not a divine intervention from above or a divine intervention from the earth. It was a experience where I actually got my name assessed from a numerological standpoint. And when I got the report back, Heidi, it said, basically, 
it's my name, Emerald Peaceful Green Forest at that time sucked for money. It sucked for relationships. It sucked for health. And, you know, it just was not a back what they call a balanced name. And so I said, I don't have to suffer. I don't have to suffer. You know, I've done this before. I can do it again. I am actively choosing not to suffer. And the the way the Cavalarian Society's process works is they actually, then if you choose to invest, they give you a report that is a choice of 40 first names, 40 last names, and 40 options for the middle name based on three middle initials. And so I went through the process and uh, this Angel B. Hartwell was the name that emerged out of that process. Within three days of getting the report, I had chosen the name and I had done the court thing, which is now digital. Doing the court thing is now digital. You don't have to go sit in front of a judge and justify why you want to change your name. You just fill out the magic form digitally. And they said uh, in the digital thing, you know, this usually takes 45 days, but with Corona, you probably need to give it a little more time. And three days later, I had my court paperwork. Three days later. Wow. Yeah. So, so it was swift. And, and then, you know, then you just go through the process of making all the changes everywhere. Yeah. So that's the story. And within, within 10 days, Heidi, within 10 days, I had generated five figures in, in new clients within 10 days. It was clearly meant to be then. Correct. We initially met in a mastermind group and then have sort of over the years just overlapped in lots of different fun ways, particularly in the podcasting community and, and whatnot. But I believe we actually overlapped with another guest that I had years back. And I'm actually, I apologize, I'm sort of looking her up because she worked specifically with names. Her name was Sharon. Sharon Wyeth. Thank you. Yeah, we met her at New Media Summit. She was at New Media Summit. Yes. Probably okay, first maybe it was a New, New Media, Media Summit. Summit. I was thinking yeah. that maybe she was she was also from the mastermind group. But so anyway, no, she was at New Media Summit. Yeah, fascinating Sharon. process. Just understanding the power of names, and I guess there's lots of different ways to analyze it. But you know, from that interview, you know, and from other stories, I get what you're saying there. And it's like if you've got a dud of a name, there's something you can do about it. Exactly. And it sounds like it's a pretty simple process if you know what you're doing. And if you think about it, names have a vibration, right? So each letter has a vibration. The way the the letters go together has a vibration. And just like a brand, a name is a signature. It's our signature. We even call it our signature. So just like there's a difference between, let's say, Home Depot right? Which has a name and branding and all of those things. And, you know, the local Abishan hardware store, right? It's a two, two different frequency. Yes, there's a lot. We could dive down the esoterical and spend some time there if you wanted to, but probably not for today. <laughs> not today, but absolutely. And the next time we're sitting sharing a glass of wine, I want to hear more about that. And boy, do we miss those days. We'll get back there someday. So, you said that obviously your business has grown from that, you know, they, all the stars aligned or, you know, in the simplistic way of describing it, it clearly has been something that has, has worked very well for you. What are some of the tools or, or things that you had to do in order to track your name to make sure that you, you had sort of dotted all the I's, so to speak, and crossed the T's so that there weren't sort of these lingering 
you know, people trying to find you in your old identity, you know, how do you get them to connect to your new identity? Great question. And there are still lingering, <laughs> there are still lingering back doors all over the place in the digital realm. And I, it's fascinating that we're having this conversation today, Heidi, because I happen to just be looking for an old piece of content of mine. So I typed in Amethyst Wildfire because it was, you know, I have a YouTube channel and all the things. And I discovered that one of the talks that I gave back in 2010 or 2011, the host of the the summit that I gave had repurposed my content from that summit, which he had permission to do, and literally posted just a few, like, like a year ago under Amethyst Wildfire, you know, a piece of that content. So, you know, if I wanted to spend the time and the money and the energy and the attention to clean up all of those open loops, it would probably take me a long time to do that because, you know, for 13 years I was Amethyst Wildfire. So there's a lot out there in the digital realm. And it definitely raises the question and the curiosity of like, you know, what happens when we die? What happens when, you know, an identity dies? Like that identity died and I did not have a an estate planner, a digital estate planner. That might be a new, uh, there you go. A new uh, business uh, opportunity for, <laughs> for you there, Heidi. A digital estate planner to clean up the digital footprint. Yeah. And so part of it for me is just trusting that the people that I'm meant to be serving are going to find me vibrationally as well as name-wise in exactly the spaces where they need to be finding me and to remember that we're all evolving. And Mm -hmm. so part of my role in the world is to be a model of evolving. And as a model of evolving, as the wealthy life mentor, which is my present, you know, kind of place in the world and what I'm creating in the world, you know, I believe that my website And what I'm putting out there, it's like an altar to me. Like my website is a portal and an altar between me and the divine and between me and the collective. And so I'm doing what I can when I come across things to just make decisions. I'm not actively going through and inventorying every possible place because that would be ridiculous. That It would not be the highest and best use of my time right now to weed all that out. And, you know, when I come across something, like I just tried to sign into Canva the other day and it was still under my old email address. At, at part of the work for me as Angel B. Hartwell now is to just keep pruning, just mm-hmm. keep pruning. Like what works and what doesn't work and just keep pruning and doing my best to close those loops as I come across them. But I'm not going back and trying to dig them all up either. I love that word that you're using pruning, because I think that that, you know, a lot of people talk, I mean, we, even in sort of the, you know, digital well-being space, we talk a lot about simplifying, we talk about, you know, really looking at where things have context and removing all the extra But pruning is really such a beautiful way of bringing nature and sort of grounding that thought of sort of what is absolutely critical in order for us to grow and thrive. It's not just about removing things, it's removing things so that the core pieces that are essential and that are beautiful can appear. Because without them, they, you know, they, you spend all this 
time and energy sending things out to the leaves that really don't to the suckers. They're yeah, literally the called suckers. suckers. That's what suckers. we prune off is the suckers, yeah. right? Yeah. No, it's yeah. it's really it's a great analogy and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use that word. I like pruning. That's very good. You go girl. You yeah. go right ahead and use that word. <laughs> So you're also an incredible artist. And that was another mm-hmm. thing that really, I just so appreciate the way that you integrate your art and your creative side into your work. And then recently, you have been actually, you found a way to share that in the physical form. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think there's a lot of artists out there that believe themselves to be hackers, and yet they're creating these beautiful things that they're mm-hmm. holding to themselves and not letting, you know, bringing out to the world. So yeah, yeah. tell me a little yeah. bit more about how that process happened for you and then what tools you might be using for that. Well, it's interesting because it was the art that actually propelled me more into the digital realm initially. So in 2004, when I became Amethyst Wildfire, I was also in the process at that point of building my art gallery and healing art center after I had left a 20 year career in real estate. And so I built my art gallery thinking that I was going to have it till my son was 18. And at the time he was like 11 or something. And I built out my art gallery and opened it in 2005. And by 2000, the end of 2006, I had just gotten, I had my come to Jesus (laughs) that it wasn't working Uh, financially. It wasn't working. And I said, well, what am I going to do? And was guided to create a street festival. So I created this giant street festival out in front of my gallery. And in the street festival, we had 15 live performers, 40 vendor booths, and about 2,500 people showed up. And my store that day did $600 in revenue. And so that was like the final, like, you know, that's the, that was the stake in the heart of the store. And so At that point, I decided to close the store and I said, well, what am I going to do with my art? And I found a site. Well, first, I set up a website. I set up a website that was called AW Gallery Direct. And I had built with the store a small email list, probably about a thousand people on the email list. So I, that was like where I started really putting my foot into the digital space was with the, the art. And then I found a few years later, a organization called Fine Art America. And so over the years, I just keep quietly throwing my art onto Fine Art, onto my Fine Art America site. And everything has just evolved over the course of the last 10 years or so, so that originally it was basically you could get a a replica of the piece of art in either a gicle print or print on canvas or framed print and cards, like greeting cards. That was when I started on Fine Art America, it was just greeting cards and and prints. And now it's like everything. Now you can get shower curtains, you know, it's all print on demand. I can have a piece of art that's a shower curtain. I can have my piece of art on coffee cups. I can have my piece of art on yoga mats. It's just amazing what the print on demand evolution has created. So now I can have an original piece of art that might be worth seven to $10,000 and I can make it accessible to people across all affordability levels. So this spring, I started a whole new series of art called the Flow Codes. And the Flow Codes came flowing through 
in February, eight pieces came through in February. There's now a total of, I think, 14, but eight of them came through in February. And one of the first ones that sold was a shower curtain. They, the woman ordered the flow code in the shower curtain. And so, you know, I love that the digital world allows me to incorporate my art. And I also incorporate my art in programs and products and services that I sell. So, you know, one of my um, fun things to do, I had a course a while back called Money, Magic and Miracles. And at the end, the last seven steps in the course, every day was a different photograph of uh, original photograph was incorporated into the into the materials. So yeah, there's so many ways that you can take your art. And for anybody who has any question about their own artistry, I'm not formally trained as an artist, but I ended up, you know, just doing it and experimenting with it. And I think that the digital world allows us even more expansiveness and a even larger canvas to to play on mm-hmm. with our art. And so I would encourage you to just put it out there. And Fine Art America is literally, it's like 30 bucks a year to put your art on Fine Art America. And what I love about it is they also provide you with your own branded website. So my branded website is Art for the Awakened Heart, but the platform is on fineartamerica.com. I highly recommend it. It's, but there's uh, that's not the only one. There's others like Redbubble and several other art platforms that are similar. Yeah, I love it. And my mother is actually a, a fine artist. She and um, so I, after talking to you and seeing your work, I said, "Mom, you've got to get your stuff on here. I want to order a scarf with her things on it." I mean, it's just a yeah. it's a great way to share your your creativity and your work and. You know, and like you said, it makes it more accessible to so many people. And art is something that should be shared. Well, there's a new other one. Yeah. There's another one that I just found out about that I'm going to share with you too. It's called Spoonflower. You can take your original art and turn it into fabric. Then you can like sew the fabric. Oh, how cool. Like totally cool. You can order pieces of fabric of your art. Oh, wow. Totally awesome. I love that. I started playing with that, but it's like, you know, I could go down a, a zillion rabbit holes. <laughs> a rabbit hole. Saying, oh, shit, where's the mortgage payment this month? Because I got, I went into a creative frenzy. <laughs> For sure. I hear you on that one. Yeah. Oh. That's, that's the risk of makers. I'm, I'm more of a maker myself. I yeah, love to create and design things. And it, it's just, I, and sometimes I use technological tools. Sometimes it's hacks between mixing two things together, but they are definitely rabbit holes. It can be very easy to get caught in some of those. My latest toy, of my husband calls it, is a glow fort, which is a laser engraver cutter. And I've been doing some fun, really fun things with that, but integrating some of them, we've actually, we're opening up a Two Balance You boutique so that I can actually try to distribute some of them instead of just playing with them and giving them as gifts. So. So who knows? But it is. Yeah. It well, is I'm working exciting. on the, I'm working on the wickedly smart women's store myself. So that's that's another area of expression. So I've I've set up for my podcast the wickedly smart women store on mm-hmm. T Public. Oh yeah, and that allows you to like, you know, it's not mess. I'm not using my art. I'm actually using my words instead mm-hmm. and making T-shirts that like wickedly smart women vote is my main T-shirt that I'm I promoting love right that now. One. And- yes. Yeah, no, I think there's there's so many great opportunities for doing that and for really customizing and the whole print on demand space is really, really cool. It gives us so many opportunities. I mean, I've always 
enjoyed sort of the opportunities with swag where you can really reinforce whatever it is that is your philosophy behind it by creating physical items that support that. Whether it's, you know, when I was speaking on social strategy, giving people a dongle, a USB dongle that had memory drive on it, but it also had the presentation and and it, it, the continuity of that, I felt was really important because you're giving them something that's a practical gift, but it makes them think about what it is that you're teaching. And with your art, I feel like you're doing that as well because you're encouraging that creative flow of energy. So it's really exciting. I'm very proud of you and happy that, that you're really, you've found that outlet. I want to talk a little bit about your podcast because that's also, you've done two things. You had your initial podcast, which you sold to one of our dear friends, Ian Lobos. And so, so tell me about the evolution of that because you w- started with working with men and then moved over to this women's podcast, which is awesome. Yeah. And obviously, well, that, that goes so, along yeah. with the name change. Yeah. That, that whole thing goes along with the name change. So under the umbrella of Amethyst Wildfire, I was primarily working with women entrepreneurs and, a f- and I had a few very wise men. But my main thing when I was working under the name of Amethyst Wildfire was helping women entrepreneurs feel great speaking and powerful asking for money. And then when everything collapsed and I had to go into my creative heart and discern what's my next, you know, okay, it's all collapsed. (laughs) I still have to pay the mortgage, right? (laughs) Or the rent or whatever. What am I called to next? And I ended up first doing some sales, high-end sales for other mentors who had high-end programs. But then I got selected for first season of a show called Fix My Brand that launched as a number one show on the Success Channel on Apple TV back in 2017. So I was one of the six case studies for Fix My Brand. So we were going through the process which uh, Allie Craig is the woman who produced the show. She has a thing called neuro. It's not neuro-linguistic, but it's neuro-something branding. Neuro, mm-hmm. It's neuro-something branding. And so as we were going through that, that process, two things were coming up. Creative age leader was coming up. And as she was taking me down that road of creative age leader, she was like, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And we got to a certain point where I was like, oh, I can't do all that stuff. No, that's not the way this is going to go down. I'm here for simplification. And so uh, I got inspired. I went to the mastermind that you and I were a part of. I went to that woman's event. I hadn't been in that group for a while. Went to her event in, in 2017. And and all of a sudden, all these men were coming up to me. And I was having these conversations with men. And so on the plane ride back from the event, I got clear that I was supposed to work with men. which which was a complete shift from my previous. So out of that emerged the first podcast. Out of that emerged the inspiration to go to New Media Summit, where you and I reconnected again, that first New Media Summit. And I came out of New Media Summit knowing Men on Purpose. Men on Purpose podcast was what came to me during the summit. And within 12 weeks or so after the summit, I had it launched. And I did that show for two years. And, the, you know, in the first six weeks, it was 194 on the uh, business charts. And by the time I got to the end, it was like number 41 in marketing and, you know, global reach was in the 300s and something like that. And so it was, 
it did very well. And it was all interviews of me interviewing men on purpose. And in the fall of last year, I, I launched Wickedly Smart Women. So the spring of last year, Wickedly Smart Women showed up on my radar screen. And you know how the podcast thing goes. You know, once you've got one, you're like, oh, let's have another one. Let's have another one. Because it, it's like another one of those rabbit holes you can get down. So I launched Wickedly Smart Women in the fall of last year with you being my first guest. And within a few weeks, so I launched that in September. And by December, I was clear that I needed to put men on purpose on hiatus, that I was really, I had come to a place of completion with the show. Mm -hmm. And I was either going to put it on hiatus and suspend it for a while and then maybe reconnect with it later. But that the decision was made in December. And when I got to New Media Summit in March, fortuitously, during a mastermind conversation, it became clear that it might be worthy of putting it out there that it was available for sale. So it happened. I sold Men on Purpose podcast. And, and that was pretty surprising for all of my pod friends. They were all like, what? You did what? <laughs> so now I know how to do that. And I can actually teach people how to sell podcasts. And, uh, and I doubled down on Wickedly Smart Women. And, and so that's where I am right now is, you know, just like, again, pruning, 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 honing, honing, honing. And how can I enhance Wickedly Smart Women without overwhelming myself? but not, you know, spread myself out in too many other areas, which is very possible. Like I have ideas for other podcasts. Uh, <laughs> be careful of the rabbit hole. <laughs> Watch out, Alice. <laughs> well, at least yeah. you're Angel, not Alice. So we're not going to worry yeah. about that. Yeah. Who knows? In fact, when I was at the New Media Summit in March, I another idea for another podcast came in. So I'm like offloading men on purpose. And I've got this next one like right up behind it. And I was like, okay, I need to. Then Corona just gave us all a little check. Checked us. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, I think some of us were needed that slowdown, at least for a mm -hmm. little bit. Maybe not 18 months, but, you know, we, we maybe needed that sort of, wait a minute stop and reevaluate everything before yeah. you evolve in the wrong direction. So sometimes uh, things happen for a reason, I would say. All the time. All the time. Yeah. So what's next for you, I guess, is my big question. You're, you're doing your mentoring. And of course, you're, mm -hmm. you know, this is, this is a challenging time to be sort of creating something new, trying to get through the noise because we're all out zoomed and we're all, you know, tired of having screen time. We want more sort of human connection. And yet what you're doing is so critical for people to help them in to evolve. So what's your next steps and how can, how, you know, how can people understand how to reach you and to work with you if, if they're looking for becoming a wickedly smart woman? <laughs> or having a wealthy life or and so the wealthy, wealthy life, life. yeah yeah the my tagline for the wealthy life mentor is create a life that's a work of art mm. and i find that when everyone else is zigging i'm usually zagging so everybody and his brother is doing zoom and i'm not <laughs> everybody and his brother is doing facebook live and i'm not i am doubling down on my podcast wickedly smart women I am intending to create a community space for the Wickedly Smart Women listeners and the guests. 
I am much more selective about who I'm working with as clients. I'm much more of a boutique mentorship space in terms of people that I'm working with for mentorship. So anybody who feels like they might be resonant with, you know, really being in a a more refined mentorship relationship, which is more customized and more high touch and more both spiritual as well as pragmatic, then I'm your gal. I am also, you know, really, I I have as kind of like a side thing, (laughs) just over off to the side, it's not face front, I'm face fronting more of the wealthy life mentor body of work. But as a side thing, if it's a right fit, I do help people start podcasts. And that's a done with you. I hold your hand through the whole thing. And, uh, have developed a a program called Start a Podcast Now. So you can find out more about how to connect with me at, of course, listening to the podcast, Wickedly Smart Women, on all of the platforms, or you can go to wickedlysmartwomen.com. If you think you might be a good guest, you can go to wickedlysmartwomen.com and click the apply button. And when you get there, you can also you know, contact me through the wealthylifementor.com site or through my art gallery, artfortheawakenedheart.com, if you're excited about art. Mm. And um, if you want to start a podcast now, you can go to start a podcast now and find out how I help people that way. So so those are the things that I'm doing. But I'm, I'm really working, uh, Heidi, to keep myself in three lanes, basically. I have no more than three things going at a time. So one is basically the podcast and the building out of the community and possibly an academy, the Wealthy Life Academy, where people can access all of the you know wealthy life stuff. Two is this kind of like done with you digital agency type thing to help people start podcasts. And then the third thing I'm doing, I'm working on a card deck. I have had a card deck in cold storage that's come in and out of cold storage for 17 years. It just keeps going into cold storage and then coming back out again. So right now I'm working on a a card deck and, uh, and that will be a great way to merge my art and my, my inspiration and motivation. Oh, exciting. In an affordable way for people to access. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And uh, and I love the idea. So those are my three main things. Yeah, I love the idea of something physical. That's, that's really, yeah, I'm all about the tangible right now. I'm just, you know, really enjoying the tactile. And, and I think, you know, we, it's wonderful to grow our knowledge through, you know, through auditory and through visual, but there's something really uh, beautiful and powerful about the tactile. And I love the way that you mix those mediums. So um, yeah. thank you and, and congratulations on your work. And um, the one thing you didn't mention is where can people find, if they want to look at some of your, your art that is being print on demand, mm-hmm. is I will make sure that we put a link to that in the show notes as well, because yeah. you guys are going to love it. It's mm-hmm. so beautiful. It's bright, lots of colors, and just really, it, it's a great expression of who you are. And uh and I just, uh, I want to honor you for that because you've done a beautiful job with, with that. Thank you for sharing. Thank that. you. Yeah. It's called artfortheawakenedheart.com. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's art that's more than just something nice to look at. There are, you know, kind of vibrational 
transmissions in the artwork, <laughs> shall we say, Yeah. to help people who are the right people to be popped open in some way by just simply by looking at it, that, that they don't need to buy it. They can just look at it and get germinated. So, but we'd love to have them buy it too, <laughs> in whatever form suits your form. Absolutely. And we need to also all be wearing these Wickedly Smart Women vote shirts or something because, you know, that now yeah. is the time, folks. Yeah, you can get a mask too that says Wickedly Smart Women vote. Nice. <laughs> nice. I love it. You know, talk about, you know, timely. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show. And folks, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate your taking the time to share your listening ears and to share your day with us. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review is always appreciated. And if you do, don't forget to let us know so that we can share a little bit of love back and say thank you. All right, folks, it's been a pleasure and we'll catch you next time. Bye bye for now. Thank you for joining us for the Evolving Digital Self. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app now so that you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, please give us a rating and a review and join the digital self-mastery movement to create more conscious use of technology by sharing it and telling your friends. Want to see where you fit on the digital self spectrum and how it might be impacting your business and relationships? Get your free copy of Digital Self Mastery today by clicking on the link in the show notes. 